you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. Joining me as my very special guest today is Damien Reed from Ontario, Canada. Now, Damien and I met a few weeks ago, and I've been excited to have him on the show here. I know you're going to learn a great deal on this show today, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you know entrepreneurs. I'll tell you a little bit about Damien. Damien is the CEO of Damien M. Reed International. As a holistic entrepreneur, mentor, and coach, he is quickly earning a reputation for rapidly assessing and interpreting what is missing across the entrepreneur's 12 key areas of life. As defined in his best-selling book, he's a best-selling author, by the way. His effective and often unconventional solutions create significant breakthroughs in clients, businesses, and personal lives. Damien is the Amazon International best-selling author of Cure Entrepreneurialitis. I love that. 52 Habits to Earn the Freedom You Deserve. His greatest passion is making a difference with entrepreneurs. To him, they represent the most courageous people on the planet. As an international speaker, he's provided training to thousands in small to large organizations. Damien loves designing and delivering programs that transform all the areas of an entrepreneur's life. Damien is actively pursuing his top 100 bucket list, which we'll ask him about here. <laughs> Right? This year, you will discover him training for his first Olympic triathlon, learning Spanish, visiting the Grand Canyon, and experiencing many wonders of the world. This is going to be fun. Damien, welcome to Decide to Transform. Thank you, Tomas. It's great to be here. This, this is great. Let's start with the last few things that we said You're sure. 100. <laughs> yeah yeah you know and this is the way i love to do this you never know what's going to happen until we start yeah. recording yeah, the yeah. conversation so yeah. you know you mentioned you're actively pursuing your top 100 bucket list so without yeah. listing everything what's the thing you're working on on that list right now currently well, you know, it, it's, it's called my top 100 bucket list, but right. it's now 133 items. <laughs> That's the way it finding, should be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> finding things that I, uh, that I want to do. Um, so actually, uh, uh, I'm working on a couple of really small things right now. Uh, that are really, uh, they bring me great amount of joy. So oh, one of the things I'm working on is creating my first aquascaped aquarium. Hmm. And I have loved, I, I scuba dive, it's one of my passions, one of my ah. favorite to do. And I, it's been a really long time since I've had an aquarium. And on Pinterest, I keep 
I keep saving all of these photos of aquascaping. And I don't, it, you, if you're, if, if someone doesn't know what aquascaping is, look it up. It's so fascinating. It's literally creating like an underwater landscape inside an aquarium. And so you plant the plants and the moss. And so okay. mine is going to have a bit of a, a sort of a Japanese feel to it. I've, I've, secure, I've bought this piece of driftwood that looks like a bonsai tree. Mm. And I'm going to create like an underwater um, mountainscape with this bonsai tree coming out of the mountain. And, uh, and of course, you don't have a real bonsai tree planted in an aquarium, so you create it with moss. Mm -hmm. so the moss actually sits on top of the driftwood, and then you, you, you cut it and shape it just like a bonsai tree. So that's oh, one uh, thing that I'm working on. Cool. Uh, you mentioned that I'm training for uh, the triathlon. I've been, uh, I've been doing that for a little while with COVID. Races obviously have been canceled. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've, I've been running. We're now in the winter time. You mentioned I'm, a, I'm from Ontario, Canada. So we're now in the winter time. So I'm doing winter running. Um, I, there's nowhere to swim at the moment. So I, I, I do my, my training is limited to, to indoor biking and running. And hopefully uh, we see things turn around next year and, and we, can, we can have races again in that right. next, next year. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I'm working on. And um, and and then I'm I am learning Spanish. I, I uh, love it. And I know. Don't test me. Tomás. I won't. I know. <laughs> don't, don't embarrass me on my Spanish. Un poquito español is what I I got going on. Love uh, it. Okay. So those are those are some of the things I'm working on right now. Uh, travel. Travel's been a little bit curtailed. The borders have been closed, so it's it's yeah. been challenging. But I'm I'm planning to travel in January. I just haven't decided where yet. But it'll be somewhere on my list. <laughs> okay. Now will yeah. it be someplace warm? Because it is. It January. will definitely be someplace warm. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, and and you know when we spoke and met a, a few weeks ago, you know you are from someplace warm. And, I am. And, yes, you're from Guyana, right? So yes. tell tell us a little bit more about that and and when you came to Canada. What was that change like? Because that's that's a big difference. It was a dramatic change. So I was 10 years old when we emigrated from Guyana. And, and most people don't know Guyana. So if you, if, you, if you think of a map of South America, Venezuela is to the west and Brazil is to the south. Uh, Suriname, which is also an, a little known country in South America, is to the mm -hmm. east. And the little tiny speck of land in between there is Guyana. Um, so we immigrated when I was 10 years old and we came in February. So Guyana is really close to the equator. It's hot all year long. Right. And we came in February, which is one of the coldest months in Toronto. Okay. And we came to snow and uh, below freezing temperatures. That was dramatic for me. And it, it actually had me um, hate a story about running. I, 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 one of my first gym classes in Canada was running and the school, how they would run in the winter is we would run through the hallways of the school and then we would go outside for a portion and then come back inside. Okay. And here I am, this, this 
kid from the Caribbean, from the warm country, running outside in below zero temperatures. I hated running for decades after that. No. I didn't become a runner until less than, less than five years ago. Wow. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was pretty dramatic. It was a dramatic thing. I think, I think people emigrating from warm countries should limit it to summertime immigration. Yes, yeah, I always think about the little kids who are coming with their parents, coming in the wintertime to a cold country from a warm climate. And, it, and I have a visceral reaction to it because I remember it was traumatic. I love, we, I love the fact that we were going to a new place, but that temperature shift was something else, I tell you. And it still sticks with me today. Uh, 40 plus years later, I can still remember that run like it was yesterday because it was such a shock to my system. And I think... You know, sometimes I use that to, in my work, because if you're work, when you're working with people, there are things from their past that are, that are equally traumatic, that feed into how their experience is today. And it may not be a little kid who's running outside, but maybe it's a harsh word from something, somebody or something that they failed at or whatever. And it shows up in their, the way that they operate today. Just like me, I, I literally, if people asked me for 30, 40 years about running, I said, I hate running. And it was just automatic, I hate running. And I hated running because of one incident. And it wasn't until I actually got the source of where that came from and started to run I realized that no, I didn't really hate running. I just had this past experience with it mm -hmm. that had me put it into a context that it stayed for decades. It's, it was, it's amazing to see how the brain actually operates and how it can so quickly turn an experience into something that stays with you for years and years and years and years. Right. And what really strikes me about that is how persistent we are, right? As human beings, we have an experience when we're 10 or 11 years old, and then it colors things, like you said, for decades yes. and decades. And this is something that I imagine you work with all the time, because you specialize in working with entrepreneurs and helping make their lives better and transform them. So now you mentioned that you had your first entrepreneurial experience, started your first business when you were very young. Would yes. you tell us a little bit about that? I was 13 okay. when I accidentally created my first business. It started oh. with me playing music for friends. And I like to entertain. When I was younger, we would have parties and mm -hmm. I would play music. And at one point, I got tired of changing the records because that's it was vinyl back then oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> right you got to take it off put it on there's this whole pause in between music you didn't want to play the whole album you know like all that oh, so yeah. <laughs> i got creative and i built myself 
uh, a mixer. So I got two turntables and mm -hmm. I was able to play records and then switch over. I literally had a wooden box and I got, uh, I got components from Radio Shack, which would be like the source mm -hmm. name. Uh, and I put it together and I was able to do that. And, that. and my friends who were having parties, they were like, they love that because now I'm playing music and there's no pauses and they are dealing with the same thing. They asked me whether or not I would go and play music for their parties. And I said, sure. And then I started charging them for doing it. And that was how my first business got started out of my love for music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And for those of you listening that are under 30, no, we did not have the internet in these days. <laughs> No, we did, not. We did no. not have podcasts. No, we did not no have podcasts, Spotify, no Apple Music, no Spotify, no playlists. Yeah, we had vinyl. If you didn't own that album, you were not playing the song. We had radio mm -hmm. or albums. That was it. Oh, we had cassette tapes, but so you could you could you could create a mixtape and play the tape. Oh but yeah. Then, but but for me that didn't work because because I wanted to judge the mood of the people in the room. Yeah. And and yeah. so that business actually I did that business for six years and uh eventually ended up hiring hmm. six other people and it got it turned into a traveling roadshow where we did indoor pyrotechnics. We did, okay. we did these massive shows, competed against radio stations and so forth. It was, it was, it was amazing. But yeah, at 13, that was my first least of my own business. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And again, for those of you listening under 30, we thank you very much for tuning in. And we realize a lot of you are listening on Spotify <laughs> right now. And, and we thank you for that. We did not have such a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and vinyl's coming back and so are turntables. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ours didn't have USB plugs. That's another thing to notice, to mention. We didn't have USB. We didn't have we didn't have the computers to plug them into. We had a very different type of computers back then. <laughs> yes. And we still, we still made it through. We still, we still survived. Yeah. We, we, we have fun. Yes. Uh, so that was, that's very interesting. So that was your first, and, and you mentioned it was accidental. Uh, it was, it was which... completely accidental. Yeah. But it was, you know, what's consistent about it for me then and now and how I work with my clients now was it was all based on what I loved and I loved music uh, and I still love music. It's, it's never left me. Uh, I'm yeah. usually playing music in the background of whatever I'm doing. Um, but, but the passion for it is something that, uh, that when I'm working with clients, I talk about we focus on because if you if you do something that you love to do that you would do whether you got paid or not paid to do it yeah your your experience of that business is completely different mm -hmm. so i went in my book one of the things i talk about is i is in one of the habits i say that you want to set up your business to in one of two ways either 
it's a business that is you're passionate about and it supports you fulfilling on your purpose right. or the business itself generates the revenue that allows you to go and fulfill on your purpose outside of the business. Right. It doesn't have to. So you could, you could run, uh, well, maybe let, let's say uh, the, I think the example I use in my book is this. Let's say you had a sanitation company. You're not passionate about sanitation, but you are passionate about making a difference for children in, 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 in impoverished nations. Well, maybe that business allows you to fund uh, mm -hmm. donations to that or allows you to take trips on a regular basis right. to build schools or yes. contribute in that way. Then when you're working in the day-to-day -day of your sanitation business, the work that you're doing is, is driving and fulfilling on the passion that you have and the commitment that you have. Yeah. And so day-to-day -day work in sanitation doesn't occur like work because it allows you to go and fulfill on what you're passionate about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, this is really, really interesting because there are a number of entrepreneurs out there listening right now, which is why I'm so glad that we're going to take the time and dive deeper into this. Yeah. So it, it's, these are, are things that, that you coach people to, uh, to think about then right mm -hmm. these yes. two highlights yeah and passion fulfilling your purpose or the business that generates the revenue that allows you to fulfill the purpose you mentioned yeah. the, the possibility yeah. of donations yeah. yes and and so when you work with entrepreneurs uh, what is the number one mistake that you see these people making mm -hmm. wow the number one uh Okay, that's easy. I thought it would be mm. difficult, but it's actually easy. Oh, I love it. The All number right. one mistake, the number one mistake is actually habit number 52 in my book of 52 habits. Okay. And habit 52 talks about taking care of the number one resource that any entrepreneur has, and that resource is themselves. Mm. So the okay. biggest mistake, the biggest thing that people fail to do is to manage, take care of, nurture, self-care, their, their number one resource. Yeah, okay. And th that is the number one thing. Okay, so you were gonna say something else then, and then uh, this came up as the highlight reel. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, yeah I, I love that because you know those of you listening here know that well, I say this all of the time, and I'll, many, many of my guests have said the exact same thing, yeah. is that taking care of yourself is the number one most important thing. So do you see particular areas, Damien, in your own work where people are failing at this or they're falling short somehow? You know, Tomas, it, I, the story I would say now is actually, frankly, different than what I would have said when I wrote the book. And I think it's now about, it's four years, three or four years. I can't remember the, public, the exact publication year. I should know that. But three or four years ago when I wrote the book, I think that the world of entrepreneurship looked very different. Okay. When I started writing the book, it was before Arianna Huffington came out with her book on sleep. 
And I, and I refer to that book because I see that book as a bit of a turning point in the way people coaching and mentoring and perceiving entrepreneurs' lives shifted. It was around that point in time. Before that, most people were talking about, you got to grind it, you got to hustle, you got to, you know, sleepless nights, working seven hours a day. If you want to have it work, yeah. this is what you got to do. You got to yeah. marry your business and so forth. Around the time Ariana wrote that book about sleep, which really the bottom line of that book was, if you're not sleeping, everything in your life is being, is detrimentally affected. Mm -hmm. uh, around that time, things started to shift. And I saw some big name people who were pounding that message start to modify their message and start to say things like, you know, I like to grind and I work, but not everybody does that. So it started with, we're not going to include everybody in that group. Yeah. And, and now today, there are more and more blog posts, there are more and more people talking about this like you said so many of your guests are mentioning this in today's day and age and i think it's become even more prevalent over in 2020 with covid and people being self-reflective yeah and, and yeah. having to having to confront things like their mental health wellness and so forth and how do i manage while you know, my kids are here and I'm a full-time parent and, and all of the things that people are having to deal with. Uh, but, but, but really, I think it comes down to a couple of things. You said, like, what are they, what are they failing at? Sleep is one. Mm -hmm. it's, still a, it's still a concern. So getting sufficient sleep, getting quality sleep, uh, th basic function things for your body, movement, uh, fluid consumption, healthy eating. I mean, these sound like, it sounds like I'm doing an ad for, uh, for one of the health organizations, but really, if you think of your body as the machine that's generating the ability to produce the results in whatever your business is, yeah. if it's operating at a detrimental level, you are producing detrimental results for your business. Mm -hmm. And that's just got to stop. Uh, there's, a, there's a study, uh, I just actually posted this on my Instagram this week. Uh, let me see, I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm, we're, we're live and recording, but here it is. Oh no, that's, this, is, yeah. this is quite all so, right, yeah. So I literally, I posted this two days ago and mm -hmm. what I posted was, 17 hours awake is the equivalent to a blood alcohol content of 0 0.05. Oh. Okay. And and then if it's and then the other one is if you if it goes to 21 hours, it's now the equivalent of a, a 0 0.08. Hmm. Okay. So that's that's like running your business drunk. Mm -hmm. You just, yeah. if you wouldn't, most people wouldn't think to do that, but people have no problem staying up 21 hours and then writing emails to clients or working on deliverables. And well, you, it's like you're working on your business drunk. And that's just like mm -hmm. one example. It, if we go to hydration, we could list off 
all of the things that happen to your brain's ability to function when you're dehydrated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just the little things that people take for granted. Yes. And, yes. yes. And, and, and so I, in, my, in my book, the, like there's a habit about hydration. There's a habit mm -hmm. about sleep. It, because what I talk about is that the 52 habits is really a sum total of having yourself either operating in a way that you're driving yourself, your life and your business to creating a freedom lifestyle for yourself, or you're going in the opposite direction and there's nothing that's neutral. They're cumulative. Yes. So if you're, if you're uh, hydrating, then you're, business and your body, et cetera, is performing better. If you're not hydrating, it's going in the other way. It's not a neutral, it's not a neutral thing. And we pick hydration, but that the same goes for doing visioning work, planning work, um, taking care of the 12 key areas of life. I know you mentioned that in the introduction. Uh, so taking care of things like your family, your, uh, your romantic partner, your uh, your wealth management, your self image, all of these things contribute yes. to someone being either moving forward in that direction of what they want to create for themselves, or they're pulling themselves away from it further. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something that's, that's very very key, whether someone listening is an entrepreneur or not, and that is just this cultural cultural ethos that we have to do, 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 do 24 seven. Like yes. you said, marry your business, make it you <laughs> identify with the grind. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, um, there's some words that I have a reaction to. I, oh, I don't yeah. like the word, I don't like the word hustle. I don't like the word grind. Like there's some, you know, I just, I, those things just, make me feel like I, I get a, a reaction because it's, I think that drives the wrong message. Mm -hmm. And, and I made a very bold assertion in my, in the book. And I said, the reason that I feel that the failure rate for entrepreneurs is so high is because culturally, as you said, in our ethos, we have been driving the wrong message. It's not because people who start businesses don't know what they're doing, are not passionate about it, and don't have the ability to do it. Yeah. But if you if if you are someone who buys into, I have to marry my business, I have to work, 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 then what happens when your health fails, your marriage fails, your uh, other other key areas of your life start to fail. Well, now yeah. you can't succeed. You you literally can't succeed, and then the business fails. And we say it's because so and so didn't da 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 da. Well, no, so and so couldn't operate. His wife's left him, or or the marriage, the, the situation's broken up, and now that leads right into the business, and the business fails. Right? So yeah. there's no accounting for that. Um, and that's what I, I'm so passionate about, uh, the holistic approach. Yeah, to, yes. 
to looking at one's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. The holistic approach, and, and you've mentioned several areas where that is so beneficial. And obviously people are resistant to that because of cultural values that are instilled. Some of us have them driven into us. So when you're working with an entrepreneur and you're running up against this, how do you work with a person and help them move through that? It, it starts actually with an initial conversation before they even hire me. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that usually ends up in that initial conversation, if it's a consultation or people are just exploring how to work with me, is that I distinguish that I'm not a business coach and I'm not a life coach. I don't like either of those and I'm not, I'm not a combination. I, as, I, as we said earlier, I'm a holistic entrepreneur, coach, and mentor, meaning that I will coach someone on their business only as long as they're open to have all the areas of life on the table. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to do that, then you shouldn't work with me. Yeah. You, there are a lot of people who you can go to and work with on your business and they have no interest or concern and they just kind of leave you to handle the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But I come from the approach that unless your life is in harmony, unless all of those areas are working well, they will bleed into your ability to be successful in your entrepreneurial endeavor. And yeah. so everything's on the table. It's holistic. And it's just, I was, I was working with a client last week. And one of the things I'm hammering on is how are we tracking your, your well-being? Like she's, I'm literally, are you getting a Fitbit watch or you get like, I want to know because you're not moving mm -hmm. and she's, and she's got issues around her health and she's not sleeping. And so I like, all right, well, if, it, if we can measure it, then we can impact it. So yeah. how are we going to actually start to measure this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, very, very, it's, it's all very important, the holistic component because people frequently neglect all of these. So I like that you have a very strong sense of qualifying whether someone can work with you or not. So do you get a lot of people saying, no, I'm not willing to put it all on the table? I don't get a lot. Um, okay. I think that we all know the common sense of what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and we, we can get distracted by over-prioritizing the business piece of those key areas of life. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am very clear about the importance of the business key area to an entrepreneur it provides the foundation and the ability to fund all the other things that we're talking about. Yes, it does. I'm really just speaking about making sure there's a, a harmony and a balance mm -hmm. about it. And it doesn't mean that the work doesn't need to get done. I'm the, I'm the first one to, to work with people to scale their business. I'm like, that's one of my, 
one of my superpowers is the ability to see scale. Okay. Someone yeah. As someone says, look, I'm running, you know, I'm running a hundred thousand dollar business and I want it to be a $500,000 business. My brain has figured that out in about five minutes and I can lay it out for you. Mm. But to move from a $100,000 business to a $500,000 business means you need to operate differently as a business owner, where you may have been able to do it on your own at 100,000, you're not gonna be able to do it on your own at 500. You've gotta scale, you've gotta have systems, you've gotta have support teams, et cetera. But why not have support teams if you're at 50,000? Mm -hmm. Right. So that you could operate more inside of your zone of genius be doing the things that you're actually passionate about, mm -hmm. actually focusing on what you're here to do and not doing things. Some of the common things that show up are not doing things like accounting, not doing things like managing your own website, not yeah. doing things like doing your own social media posts, not like all of these things that have nothing to do with you fulfilling on your passion and your purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're, and you're sitting, taking time away. I have a client running a half million dollar business who still was playing with her website. Mm -hmm. And I said, give that password to your marketing person and then tell her to change it so you can't get in. Because <laughs> I know what you're going to do at midnight is you're going to go play with the website. Like enough already. Why are you doing mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And as an entrepreneur myself, I can relate to really not wanting to do that at all. Playing yeah. with the website. I don't want to do that at all. I don't want to post my own social media at all. I can really relate to that. So yeah. yes. And if you're an entrepreneur out there listening, uh, yes, pay attention to, to this <laughs> conversation, please. It, it's so important. And Damien, I have a, another line of questioning for you because when we first met, this is something that I was really intrigued about that we spoke about in some detail, is mm -hmm. that you work largely, not, not exclusively by any means, but largely with women. You've found that a number of your clients and colleagues have been women. So yeah. a, a large number of the listeners of this show are also women. Would you say some more about this experience for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was sharing with you, uh, I think just before we started, that I'd just come back from leading a retreat. Yes about an hour and a half outside of Toronto. And this retreat will illustrate this point. There were 11 women at the retreat. There were no men. Mm -hmm. And um, and in the, the last day, in the completion conversations, one of the women shared, she said, you know, I, I want to let you know that before doing this retreat, I listen to you from this perspective of, I don't understand why he, why he's like, why is he serving women? Why is he, why does he do that? She said, I listen to you from the place of that I put most men. And she said, it became clear to me during this event, why this is like, that this is, this is your passion. This is your commitment. And this is your purpose. This is what you're here for. And it is that it is really like that for me. Uh, my purpose is I am dreams fulfilled. That is, that's just who I am in the world. Okay. Someone says to me that they're, this is their dream life or this is their ideal life. And this is what they want to accomplish. For me, that's a done deal. Now it's just a matter of how long 
and what are the steps in between here and there. Okay, yeah. That's how I hear it. Mm -hmm. and, and I, again, like my 13-year-old business, I fell into serving women entrepreneurs in a way because when I started, I was just about entrepreneurs. It was my, my passion when I wrote that book. Yeah. It, was, it was entrepreneurs. There were no, it was no differentiation. And what I found as I honed who my ideal client was and I looked around at who I was serving, 90% of my clients were women and who I, who I enjoyed working with were women. And there are a lot of reasons for it. I think one of the reasons goes back to, I'm a third generation entrepreneur and I watched my mom, a single mom, go to work and oh. run her businesses after work. Yeah. And, and so I, I saw that and there was just like a real power in that. But there's another piece to this that is super, super important to me, which is the evolution of the feminine energy of leadership that's starting to show up in the world. Yeah. Yes. And, and for those people who aren't clear about, you know, feminine versus masculine energy, feminine energy tends to be softer, cooperative, team-oriented, uh, loving, caring, nurturing. You know, if you think of a motherly type figure, that tends to be the way feminine energy is. And so feminine leadership tends to be inclusive, it, it drives community, it drives cooperation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Masculine leadership, on the other hand, which has been the dominant energy of leadership in the business world for as long back as we can remember, yeah. tends to be very authoritative, very commanding, very dictatorial, competitive. And you know, if you just think about boys and, and how they compete, that is the way that the business world has operated. And there has been an evolution in the last several years that, that is, is showing up where feminine leadership is really starting to show up. And I believe I'm strongly committed to, to nurturing that evolution, supporting that evolution, and supporting uh, women in business. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, and, and as you said, I'm not exclusively working with women. I have one of my clients is in about as masculine a business as you can have. He runs a multi-million dollar trucking company. Uh, so that's, there's not a lot of feminine energy in that. However, how he works with his team is, is inside of that feminine energy, cooperation, team building, et cetera. So, uh, so to, to, to say that, um, how do I want to say this? I think, I think the best way for me to summarize it is that it's, it's, a, it's a natural fit and evolution for me. Okay. And when I work with women, what I bring is the ability to allow them the freedom to be in flow, which is their natural state, mm -hmm. but also to bring in the, the value of planning and creation of 
milestones. And, and so when we combine the two, when, when we create a vision of where they're going and we have, we have some goals that mark out the milestones between here and where they're going, and then you allow the natural flow to be in place, it means that you can have flexibility with timelines, you can have flexibility with milestones. Yeah. And that is really empowering for my clients. Mm -hmm. They yeah. can take the best of both worlds. And, um, you know, I think the last thing I would say about that is uh, I'm also very mindful of the, the detrimental effects that women being in their masculine energy has on them. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. And so, and so I'm, I'm, I'm someone who nurtures that and, and, and says, look, you do not have to be in that grind, grind, pound, pound, achieve, 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 achieve. Cause that's not your natural state as a woman. That is not your natural state. There are some, and, and I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of stereotypes. Uh, so when I say this, I want people to hear this as a, as a, uh, we're talking about people in their energy state. So you could have women that are much more grounded in their masculine energy. And so pound, pound, pound works for them. And that's, that is really their sort of natural state. Right. And you can have men that are much more grounded in their feminine energy state mm -hmm. where they're much more in flow. I'm speaking in generalizations and really sure. speaking about an energy as opposed to man, woman distinction. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what's important for listeners, if you're not familiar with this dynamic is to know that each one of us contains both of these energies yes. all yes. the time at all yes. times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. We're low in between those. We, and we need it. We need, you know, you need to have, uh, the 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 masculine is more planning achieving if we didn't have a schedule or we didn't have plans of where we were going life would just be well we're just going to do whatever we want to do and and if we didn't have the nurturing caring side then we well there are some people who don't have nurturing caring sides for the most part they're mostly in their masculine we generally don't tend to want to hang around with them very much <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, and, and if we do hang around with them, we tend to recognize pretty quickly that we don't want to be around them. Yes. <laughs> very much. Yes. And it's, it's very interesting. And you've also then created a company that helps break down barriers that exist to women entrepreneurs. Would you tell us a little bit more about that and sure. the barriers that you see? Yeah. So, Amravita is, is the uh, company you're referring to, right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. So, mm -hmm. so Amravita is an organization that I started about, we're coming up on six years now. And I have, I have broken it apart and put it back together five times. But the fundamental reason for its existence is to serve an issue that I saw in the marketplace. Okay. And the issue was trust. No. And yeah. so what I saw about five and a half years ago was something that really bothered me. And it was, it, 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 fun, it 
it comes down to lying. I don't think I could say it any other way. And it's okay. a practice that yeah. I don't love. It's the practice where people put something out in their marketing efforts. They promise something. And when you get there, it's not what they promised. Right. So we've all subscribed to email lists where they say, you know, if you, if you give me your email address, I will give you X, fill in the blank. And then when you get X, X is actually incomplete. I can only get X if I hire the person who sent me the email. Yes. Or if I agree to part two, or there's always an and. Mm -hmm. And and that practice permeates throughout the way they do business. It, the same thing happens, you go to an event, they say, okay, it's a one day event and we promised you're gonna get blah, 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 blah. You go to the one day event and you find out, well, you only get point one and two off the list. To get point three, you need to subscribe to the six month program that they didn't mention before you went. And it was a practice that really annoys me. Now look, I know there are a lot of business models built on this practice. There are a lot of people probably listening to this podcast right now that may have some version of this or yes. yeah, yeah. they've bought some version of this that has actually provided value to them. Mm -hmm. But for me, I like transparency and I like people being able to know exactly what they're getting. So Amarvita was created to bridge this gap. There's a group of entrepreneurs on one side of the equation and a group of service providers and product providers on the other side of the equation and I wanted to create a community where they could connect and serve each other. And okay. so we're just about, by the time this podcast releases, we'll be about a month away from our relaunch uh, because we took the whole thing, we're taking the whole thing virtual. It was a mix oh. of live and virtual before. Uh, and so there's, there's the faculty side of the equation, the, the service providers and so forth. And then there's the entrepreneurs who are looking to receive content, courses, et cetera. But we know that the people that are gonna be a part of this community will operate ethically, will be, uh, will be what they say they are, when they say they are, and that you can trust that they will deliver what they say they're going to deliver. Okay. Uh, this is great because I think we can all relate. Uh, whether someone is an entrepreneur or not, we can all relate to very complex sales funnels. That's mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to my mind is yes. click on this and we promise you, we click on X, we promise you Y. But only yes. if you take it to the next <laughs> level. And only if you take it to the next level and, and yeah, you know, yeah. know where we're going with this. Yeah. yeah. So now you're relaunching this, taking it virtual. How can people find out more information about this particular company? They can go to amorvita.ca. So that's A-M-O-R-V-I-T-A dot C-A. And they can enter their, uh, their email address and we'll, we'll notify them on the relaunch. I love it. Okay. And yes, that's Amarvita, A-M-O-R-V-I-T-A dot C-A. Okay. Well, I love it. And for yeah. those of, and those people who are not grounded in the Latin language, that translates to love life. Yes. 
yeah love life amor vita <laughs> yes it's uh yeah it, it's beautiful i love the name and the concept is something that i think is really needed so yes thank you for taking us through a little of that uh, because the the ethical transparency is something that is needed throughout the whole world and it's especially needed in in the business community yes so, and I, and Tomas, I never realized how much this became the expected norm until recently. Mm -hmm. As I was uh, in conversations for people to participate in that retreat I told you about, they yeah. kept asking me, they're like, they, so what else do I need to pay? And, <laughs> and is, what, what it, yeah. is everything included? And it's like, why would you think everything's not included? Oh, I know, because your program that if I say the price for this retreat is X, you think when you get there, I'm going to tell you, you have to pay Y to get the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I said, I don't, I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say on the event page, no sales, no upgrades, no, like, I don't, I don't want to be having to say that in the negative. But it has come to that today mm -hmm. where I need to qualify that this is all of it. Right. And, and that's the way I run my events or the way I work with my clients is that's yeah. all of it. <laughs> right. It is what it is. It is what you yeah. get what you, you get what you say you're going to get. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And now, now Damien, are you looking for businesses uh, for, for Amarvita? Are you looking of, to, have, yes. to add to your yes, network? Absolutely. Okay. So if, if you're someone who uh, serves an entrepreneurial market and this, this kind of business practice resonates with you, yeah. absolutely, you can reach out to me. Okay. Um, you, can, you can reach out to me directly uh, at, uh, at Damien Reed at amorbita.ca. So it's Damien's D-A-M-I-A-N and Reed is R-E-I-D at amorbita.ca. Okay. And just send me a message to say, you know, you heard, you heard this interview and you're interested in learning more and we can connect. Definitely, definitely. Because it, it seems like uh, if I were a business owner and I heard about this, I would be interested most definitely in some more information, especially if I were operating from this above the line, so to speak, ethical place. And I am. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I, if I were, right. I, I, in fact, we are, and a number of people out there listening are, in fact. So that's Damien Reed, D-A-M-I-A-N. R E I D at amarvita.ca. And uh, yes, that's, that's the email address. So how else can people get a hold of you if they'd like to speak with you further? Uh, so that's one side. That's one business that I've got. Uh, my mm -hmm. core business, uh, Damien M. Reed International, is uh, DamienMreed.com. So uh, same spellings, and it's M as in Mary, uh, .com. If you okay. go to DamienReed.com, you're going to find a really great photographer um, by the same name. So DamienEmery.com. Okay. Uh, and and yeah, they can. There's there's tons of ways to contact me uh, on the website. Love it. Okay. Well, and, and on this broadcast, you mentioned your Instagram page as well. Yeah. Yes. What's yeah. your Instagram handle? So uh, I'm at Damien M. Reed on Instagram. All right. Uh, 
Damien M. Reed on Twitter, uh, Damien M. Reed on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and Damien M. Reed INTL on Facebook is my business page. Okay. All right. So Damien M. as in M. Mary. as in Mike. Yeah. M. as in Mary. M. as in Mike. If yes. The, if we do the alpha uh, alphabet I, I, that the pilots use, it's Mike. Right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that that's right, and I often I often do that because uh, my last name has a Z in it, which apparently sounds like a V when yes. I'm I'm talking quickly. So yeah, <laughs> and, and that's Damien M. Reed. So on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and Damien M. Reed International on Facebook. Yes. Right, social media. I love it. And and your book here, Fifty Two Habits to Earn the Freedom You Deserve. We talked about Habit 52 yes. right here. Yes. So these are all ways that you can reach out to Damien and find out more about what he's doing, uh, whether it's his core business, DamienEmery.com or Amafita. Uh, a lot of things going on. So thank you for sharing that. There are a lot of ways that people can get a hold of you. And so Damien, this has been a pleasure and I've learned a great deal. This has been a lot of fun. Before we wrap up, what else would you like to say to the listeners, um, whether they're entrepreneurs or not? Yeah, I um, I think one thing I'd like to leave anybody with is that the dream, your dreams are possible. Mm-hmm. It it. I have a client who was at this retreat and she said, so many people say things like, don't dream so big, lower the bar, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. Yeah. There's a, there, one of the clients who was at this retreat is 20 years old. And when I interviewed her at the end, she said, I said, you know, so how does life look now? And she said, I don't have to wait until I'm 40 to have my, my ideal life. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, 40. <laughs> you, she, was, she, was, she was thinking she had to wait until she was 40. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, like how many of us see that? dream life that ideal life is way 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 out there in the future and it doesn't have to be that way so if you're if you're dreaming and you're thinking big and you want to accomplish big things don't let anybody tell you that it can't be done the only thing missing is is the plan to get from here to there and and the willingness to to put yourself on the mat and do what it takes to get it done and Mm -hmm. uh and I believe that that's in every single person, that there's nothing missing in any of us to do that. It is, okay. Yeah, I, I love that. Your dreams are possible. And when you think of yourself, Damien, it's dreams fulfilled. Yes. 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 Yeah, as we've been talking, those, those really resonate with, with me. And I know that, that our listeners will get so much from this conversation. And I thank you so much for joining me here today. This has been a real pleasure. It has been great being with you. And um, I really am full of gratitude for the opportunity to speak with you and uh, to reach, uh, reach your listeners. For me, if this conversation 
reaches one person and it makes a difference in their life, then it was worth the time that we spent together. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. And that's the beauty of this forum is you just don't have any idea who you're going to impact. People can listen to us on whatever channel you listen to podcasts at four o'clock in the morning. Could yes. be next year sometime from another yeah. part of the world. It's, yes. uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's global. And Damien, I thank you so much for taking your time to join me here today and to join all of us. This has been a pleasure. Thank you again. And yeah, so this has been Decide to Transform with Damien Reed. And we will see you back here next time. Until then, understand that your dreams are possible. And let's cultivate Habit 52, okay? Self-care. All right, everybody have a great rest of your day.